0: Chapter 31 After about a month of staying in Charcoal Ridge, Ilse began to slip into a pattern of waking up early, eating a small breakfast, and following Berg to the Dragon Sanctuary. She picked a new section of the farm to clean up and stayed with it until feeding time. When it seemed like her task was never ending, she would look up and see the young dragons napping peacefully in patches of light, sketched on the clean floor and see that her hard work was well appreciated. Berg appreciated the help. Of course, he didn't see much wrong with letting the dragons leave messes all over the place. With Ilsi's help, they were able to clear large patches of ground to create individual nests for mothers to come and lay their eggs or to patch up older, worn beasts. Berg beamed with pride. You have the art for dragons. Ilsi realized Crescent, an older male dragon, was already at her side and nestling against her entire right side like an overgrown, scaly cat. The dragon got its nickname from his pearly white scales and his large, purple eyes. He wasn't the biggest creature that had visited the barn, but he'd stayed long after they fed and tended to him. They are fascinating, Ilse said with a shrug. You must understand that I come from a very small town, and I didn't venture away until less than five months ago. I've got a lot to learn. You already know all the simple stuff about us, Berg shrugged, taking a handkerchief from his back pocket to wipe his face. Just a clan of simple farmers and miners. And dragon tamers, Ilsie added. Can't forget that. Are there other creatures like dragons around here? If you're talking animals, then I wouldn't know for sure, Berg said. Leave that to the beast forest. The only other creature that comes to mind is the Earth Witch. Earth Witch? Ilse repeated. Well, it's a tale to tell the kitties before bed. Nothing serious, Berg said, sweeping up soiled hay. Not sure if she's a woman made of Earth, or if she's a woman who commands the Earth. The mamas like to say that she plays tricks on those who are not kind to animals and trees, but she heals complete strangers. She doesn't bother us. It's not like she comes to say hello. She's a legend, then? Ilse said, her eyebrows furrowing. More like a tradition, Berg said. We have a holiday where we thank her for all she does. We're not sure if it works, but it does no harm. What do you do? We have a meal of our finest dishes in the forest, Berg shrugged. The beast forest, you mean? Ilse said, pointing in the direction of the foreboding landscape. Nah, a beast, Berg answered, pointing opposite to the mountains covered in trees, where Tyke took Ilse to show her the view. She nodded thoughtfully. What does she look like? Would you know? He shook his head. Like I said, she's a mystery. We don't know much about her, but we do what we can to not upset her. Just in case. Hmm, interesting, Ilse murmured as they slowly got back to work. My boy tells me you're asking for the tree lady, said the innkeeper's wife, Pia, as the table was covered in hot food. Rushman Tike's Tyke's heads popped up and glanced at the woman as she made herself comfortable on the bench. What about a tree lady? Tyke said. Oh, she's a legend here, the innkeeper loudly replied, waving the comment off. "'My wife will tell you kitty tales, but no one has seen her for a very long time.' "'But you can feel her influence,' Pia stressed. "'We live close to the volcanoes, and like this lady, they are violent yet blessed. "'The years we give good gifts and offerings are when our bounty is the sweetest. "'You agree, Rolf, you must!' "'It's better to be prepared, right?' Tyke smiled kindly, spooning a hearty amount of stew into his mouth. "'You ought to see her burning tree!' Berg's sister said excitedly. It's the proof we have that she walks among us. Burning tree, Reshma repeated. Where is it? It's not hard to miss, but it's a perilous pilgrimage, Pia began, mopping her bowl with bread. Who here doesn't know about the wood witch? Guffawed another guest a few tables over. Ilse blanched at the thought of someone overhearing their conversations. She glanced around while taking a swig from her mug and sighed into her cup. For a moment, she wondered if the man from the woods was here to overhear the conversation. "'I think we'd know more about her if you all would decide on a name,' Reshma blurted. Her retort was met with a chorus of laughs. Berg's family thought that just about anything Reshma said was funny and amusing. "'These young folks are newcomers. They're just learning how backwards we really are, eh?' Rolf explained loudly. "'You didn't tell me you were housing Yellingans.' The other guest exclaimed, as the other man at his table laughed as if he told a good joke. "'They must not think much of yelling,' Ilse thought with a grin. "'Apologies, miss, but maybe you ought to tell us where you're from so we can be more polite,' the other guest said, this time without the intent to joke. "'We live close to yelling, so maybe you're onto something,' Ilse smiled. "'I'm an islander,' Reshma said, gesturing to her brown face. "'Although I get mistaken for a desert girl everywhere we go.' You definitely look the part, the innkeeper's wife nodded. But in the best way, sweetie. Reshma smiled lopsidedly and mildly rolled her eyes. We're from a colder climate, basically, Tyke said, gesturing between himself and Ilse. We used to be neighbors. Colder climate? Never heard of anything like that on the other side of the beast forest, Berg said. Well, it's more like bad luck with weather, Ilse said. It's usually nothing to complain about. So how did you decide to come out here? We lost our families, Tyke said simply. The room hushed immediately. We've all lost something and we're out here looking for them. The innkeeper's wife dropped her spoon and it clattered onto her plate. Ilse thought she looked like she was about to burst with tears or emotion or both. Pia held a hand to her heart and said in a hushed voice, So far from home to find your family. How hard it must be. Berg and his younger sister instinctively inched closer, looking at the three with sad faces. Pia pulled them close like she was suddenly afraid to lose her own. "'You must let us help you,' Pia said, looking to her husband for support. "'It's the least we can do. You've come so far.' "'But you've helped us so much as it is,' Ilse insisted, feeling overwhelmed. She gestured at her mug that refused to stay empty and her belly full of warm food. "'We have felt so safe and welcome in this place.' It's like a home away from home. Ilse suddenly realized how much Reshma must miss her big family by the way Berg's family were so loud and often talked over each other. But they were all so happy. Ilse never experienced a loud supper until she came here. She looked to Reshma and squeezed her hand under the table. Your kindness will make it easy for us to have hope that we'll one day be reunited with our loved ones, was all Reshma had to say. Needless to say... Rolf and Pia fretted over the three the rest of the evening, daring to ask more questions about what they used to do back home and what their families were like. Ilse crawled into bed later that night with a heavy stomach and a heavy heart. It was getting more difficult to leave the longer they stayed there. "'I have to write a message to Ladala,' Ilse said. "'It's urgent!' "'What's going on?' Reshma said. "'We haven't exactly made much progress, "'and unless you want to inform her that you're an animan... There's nothing terrible going on. Ilse pulled out a small sheet of parchment from her satchel, along with a simple quill and ink blot she'd borrowed from the innkeepers. I have to tell her about the man that tried to attack me in the woods, Ilse said. He said that he knew my father. I don't know if he was doing that to play with me, but I'm not taking any chances. He knows too much about where we really come from. What? A man in the woods? Rashmer repeated. Were you planning on telling us? Who was it? Tyke added, getting up from his leaning position against the wall. A soldier? He was alone and wasn't clearly marked, Ilsey said. He wasn't even wearing one of those amulets. He just said things that made it sound like he was there in Dove when I escaped past the wall. It was after, well, the rough night as Animan. Physical features? Tyke said. Be specific, Illy. Ilsey glanced at him for a split second at the recollection of an old nickname she hadn't heard in a long time. He looked pretty beaten up, like he had a lot of battle scars or something, Ilsie said. I noticed his pinky finger was nothing but a nub when he grabbed my shoulder. Tyke looked searchingly, clearly expecting more information. Reshma looked absolutely clueless and shrugged. I don't know, he was a hefty build. Could probably snap me in half. Had a small beard, dark hair. Ilsie trailed off. It was dark and I dealt with him swiftly before changing into a wolf myself. He threatened me with a knife or dagger at some point, but I don't know what happened to him once I transformed. At the mention of the weapon, Tyke stopped blinking and looked down at the ground. Rubens, he said quietly. Huh? Bresma blurted. He doesn't look much different than most men I met on the Ilderim side, Tyke began. But his knives are unmistakable. They were plain, right? I know of them. He's well trained in torture, so I've seen him pull them out. So he's Yildurum then, Reshma said. That's not good, but not surprising. Ilsi, you need to write that note, Tyke said with a low voice, pointing at the parchment, then continued with a quieter voice. And we need to get the hell out of here. He isn't a Yildurum pup like I was. He's high in the ranks. He led the attack on Ravenna. Ilse's mouth gaped open and then she shut it again. Her mind suddenly went back to that day and remembered him as the man in the mass amount of furs. She bumped into him and escaped his wrath through the wall. Reshma got up from the bed and cracked her knuckles for good measure. It's revenge time, Reshma said. No, Ilse blurted. They locked eye contact for a moment and Ilse continued. If we fight here, we fight on neutral, friendly soil. These people have been good to us. I'd rather leave and draw the conflict away than see Elderim destroy these people to get to us. You're right, Resma nodded. Spoke too soon. I'll start packing the gear. Tyke, take care of the bill for our stay and write that note, Elsie. Tell the dollar they need to protect this place. I think we should split up, but just temporarily, since the Ilderim have likely caught on that we're traveling in a trio, Tyke said. Elsie better go first and get a head start on the trail. I'm going to find that burning tree, Elsie said, determined. It'll lead us closer to Giselle, the other two nodded. If we split up and gradually disappear... Resma said. It hopefully won't look as suspicious if you Ildrum are lurking around. We'll meet back at the edge of base forest due west by the path signs in two weeks as our backup plan. Tyke squeezed Ilsie's hand and she squeezed back. To be delivered to and read by Lady Ladala at once. Currently looking for Giselle. May have some idea as to where to start looking. Being tracked by Rubens and will have to change positions. Send soldiers to protect these people in Charcoal Ridge. They've been so good to us and would sympathize with our cause. Better yet, Rubens needs to go. He knows too much about us. we see.